Welcome to the Fit and Fulfilled Podcast. My name is Kashpu and I am your host. I am a mind-body manifesting coach and founder of the wellness consulting business, K-Way. I am committed to helping you tap into the infinite power you hold when it comes to intentionally creating a more abundant life that gets you jumping out of bed with excitement. Over here, we chat about all things mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health to help you constantly manifest bigger and better for yourself. So grab a cup of coffee, bottle of kombucha, or a glass of wine, and let's chat. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's another episode of the Fit and Fulfilled Podcast. My name is Kashfu and I'm your host on this podcast. We chat about all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. And the whole crux of this show is for you to realize how powerful you are when it comes to creating the life you actually want to be living. How to build a life that not only looks good from the outside, but one that feels so rich, so abundant, and so delightfully satisfying on this podcast i really try to break down the process of manifestation into concrete tangible and actionable steps so that you're able to draw in your desire no matter how crazy it and or big it feels to your logical mind and more than anything with this podcast we really target on different ways that we can each step into the best versions of ourselves because as much as we're focusing on the external desires so whether it's the money the relationship the career, the travel, or whatever it is, the house that your heart desires, they're all reflections of you. And if I want to attract the best quality of life and really upgrade my overall life, I need to step into the best version of myself because my life is nothing more than an extension of me. It's just mirroring back more of me. And so if I want to use the process of manifestation more intentionally, it means understanding that manifestation is nothing more than the process of becoming. Who am I becoming in my quest to achieve what it is that I want? It's not about getting the desire and then becoming a new version of yourself, but instead becoming the version of you who already has that desire, creating that intention internal alignment in terms of your thoughts, your feelings and actions, and then allowing life to bring your desire to you because now you are a vibrational match. And, you know, today's episode, what we're talking about is something that's been on my heart for quite a few months, but I just haven't had the, I don't want to say nudge, but just that there's been something that's stopping me from recording it. I don't know what it is. And I feel like I wasn't fully ready to maybe express it or maybe there was still some understanding and awareness around it that had to come through in order for me to want to sit down and record it. But it's something which it's just becoming more and more pressing. And I think it's so important to all of us. And it's really about what is the legacy we are leaving behind? And this is going to be more in relation to kids. And it's seeming more and more of something that as humans, we need to be more attentive to. Because for like generations before us, leaving a legacy for your kids meant making sure you kept them financially secure, making sure that you worked to a degree whereby you were able to give them a comfortable future. But also when you leave, they all, there's also enough money for them to be happy. But as I'm sure you'll agree that money is definitely an enhancer when it comes to happiness. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's so many ways and money allows us to feel safe and secure and happy but that's not enough and it's when I can now become the most exceptional version of myself and really work through my own blocks that's how I'm able to leave a long-lasting legacy and impact on the next generation on my children or my nephews or nieces but whoever is coming behind me. And I remember when I was in Bangkok a couple of months ago, I was walking with my nephew and basically there was like a, there was like a stone or whatever. And he just threw it. And 
I told her about the time, I'm like, I was just teaching them the lesson of we got to leave the world better than we found it. And similarly, you can't just throw that stone. You got to go pick it up and put it back to where it belongs. And this is really it is, you know, we all have a moral obligation when we enter this world to leave it better than we found it. And this is really what spirituality means. It's realizing we are all interconnected and we're not just here for the sake of it. We're all here with a purpose and it's realizing our impact on everything and everyone around us and living with that intention that to make the world a better place. And, you know, as much as we're all at some point, we get to a point in our journey where we're looking for our purpose or trying to find it. But rather look for your purpose, really ask yourself, can I just start to focus on living a more purposeful existence? And that starts with, like I said, realizing we're all interconnected and the way I show up impacts the world around me. So if I want to now live with more purpose and have a more purposeful existence, it means I need to take the onus and ownership for how I'm conducting myself. Because here's the thing is that you can leave your kids millions of pounds, which has been the case for many, 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 many families. But those kids are still not happy. They still don't feel good enough. They still don't feel worthy. And it's not a money issue. That's just one tiny sliver of the whole fraction. And yes, it's going to give them temporary dopamine hits as they use their money to buy homes, travel lavishly, and live these exquisite lifestyles. But without taking into consideration and looking at your legacy from a more holistic manner, you're not going to be able to actually give your kids what you actually want to give them. And that's happiness. That's joy. That's safety. That's security. That's love. And, you know, as humans, if we want to raise exemplary citizens of humanity, it means we need to become more exemplary, exemplary versions of ourselves. And that means doing the work on ourselves, not just when we have time, but it's an obligation and a responsibility that we have to both ourselves for our own happiness, but also for us to provide happiness for those that we actually love. And, you know, it's funny because growing up, I always thought that I would get married, have kids by the time I'm like three kids before I was 30. I'm 35 now, and I'm actually so glad that I'm having kids later in my life because I'm in a far better position to raise kids than I would have been 10 years ago or even five years ago. But it's because of the work that I've done on myself. And by no means am I done. There's always going to be work to be done. There are always going to be wounds that get uncovered, limitations. And I'm going to, but and that's a journey, but it's the intention. And I'm committed to showing up for myself. And that's how I know that I'll be able to be a better mom, a better role model, and actually give my kids what they actually want and actually create a level of hap- help them create a level of happiness because at the end of the day that's what you want you want your kids to be happy and while there's no right way to go about it you know some people have kids when they're 20 some in their 30s some in their 40s that's not it's not the age that matters but essentially it's approaching your life with a greater level of self-awareness get rid of that limited view that money is the only thing that is, is important when it comes to raising kids and finances but instead it's even from an emotional standpoint what are you doing to prepare yourself to be the kind of parent that you want to do? And that requires a greater level of self-awareness and being committed to healing the wounds that we all have. We all have trauma. We all have wounds. We all have scars. We all have our limitations, our self-destructive beliefs, whatever it is. And we can blame it that this is why I feel this way or this happened to me and played the victim card. But at the end of the day, it is affecting your ability to be the kind of parent you want to be and if you really love your kids if you really love the people around you you owe this to them 
And I'm sorry if this is going to trigger some of you, but maybe it's exactly what you need to hear. And so, you know, when it comes to now approaching this from a more holistic manner, when it comes to the legacy you're leaving behind for your kids, the kind of parent you want to be, yes, of course, continue wanting to leave money because I think that's that's a beautiful gift because money is a tool that we use to create a greater quality of life. But it's looking at other ways in which the way I show up is creating that legacy. So first and foremost, I think the greatest legacy and by no means is this an order. It's just a few things that came to mind is, but first and foremost is being more emotionally present with your kids. It's one thing to be physically present with your kids and spend time with them, but are you actually being with them? Are you being present with them? Because you can be sitting in the same room as your kids, but if you're on social media, mindlessly scrolling or multitasking, energetically, you are communicating this message you are not important because the thing with kids is that they don't have the mental faculties to process the world around us. They take everything they see and experience literally, and that's how they create a story about themselves. And over time, it chips away at their level of worthiness, of self-love, and also creates a really unstable environment. So first and foremost is being more emotionally present. And adding to that is the ability to listen to your kids. I think gone are those days where parents play that authoritative role, like it's my way or the highway. And yes, I think authority is important when raising kids, but I think it's also about realizing that kids have opinions too. Their opinions do matter. It might not align with yours, but they're allowed to express it. And what the beautiful gift you give to them every time you allow them to express how they're feeling or their opinions, rather than constantly dismiss it, you are creating a safe space for them as adults to voice what they're feeling. But the more we dismiss them or we don't listen to our kids, subconsciously we're feeding them that your voice is not important. And then when it comes to putting their opinions forward as adults or speaking their truth, it becomes harder and harder because that's what they were trained to believe was the case growing up. Another huge one that comes to mind, especially now we're living in a, such a stimulated world, is giving your kids the gift of allowing them to be bored. So often we're letting the urge for our own perfectionist tendencies and need for overachievement. We're projecting that onto kids. And so what I mean by that is being your desire to be a perfect mom doesn't mean that your kids have to be busy all the time. And the amazing thing is it's in those moments of quiet and boredom where creativity is bored, born. And here's the thing is when it comes to allowing your kids to be bored, you're also normalizing that it's okay to not be busy all the time. Because what happens is, is that when we're living in this culture of hustle, where we're always doing, 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 as adults, we tie our level of worthiness to our productivity levels. And the minute we have to take downtime or rest, we'll either find ways to busy ourselves up or we'll feel guilty for resting. And then don't even get me started what the effect it has on your nervous system and your overall well-being. Even the small ways in which you conduct yourself, really pay attention because that's what your kids are modeling. That That is what your kids are seeing. So the way you converse with your spouse, your relationship with food. Are you weighing food in front of them? Are you jumping on the scales every day? How do you react to those around you? Are you constantly snapping at your in-laws? Are you constantly yelling at your staff? The way you're spending money, are you throwing out statements like, it's so expensive, money always leaves my hands like water. And really ask yourself, okay, on a day-to-day, -day, pay attention to subtle ways. How am I conducting myself? Because kids are not listening to us. They're watching us and they're modeling behavior. And so whatever mommy and daddy are doing, that is seen to be as the truth. 
And even when it comes to crisis or when things don't go right, how are you responding? Are you losing your cool? Are you rushing into a state of panic and anxiety? Are you getting into a fight or flight mode? Or instead, are you able to just approach it from a more calm manner? Because again, it's whatever we do, we are normalizing. And so if you want your kids to be able to manage their emotions as adults, to to maintain their level of calmness and stay cool, when the, even as kids, when they're fighting with their peers, be that example for them. In addition to that, it's not using your kids as an example, as a reason to not take care of yourself and manage your emotions or regulate your nervous system, but instead using them as motivation, really take that and using your kids as motivation to prioritize how you manage your emotions and regulate your emotions. Because here's the thing is that when we are dysregulated, we don't have control of our moods. And that's when it becomes snappy. That's when we get triggered. And that's when we even say things that we don't actually mean. A client of mine who I recently started working with, she was sharing to me that a couple of weeks ago before we started working, her son said something and she said something which she immediate to him out of anger, which she immediately react, so which she immediately re- regretted. And she just felt if I just took that one minute to pause, things could have been so different. And you know, she really had to have a massive conversation with him to, you know, express to him what she actually meant. But here's the thing is that we can snap at our kids and then we can tell them why we made a mistake and we didn't mean it. And that's fine once, twice. But when that becomes a repeated behavior, over time, our words mean nothing. We have these empty promises whereby we make mistakes and we're constantly asking for forgiveness. But it's also how we create this unstable environment whereby our kids don't know what to what to expect. And as a result, they're constantly walking on eggshells. And that's why some people as adults, they just get more anxious than others. It's because if you grew up walking on eggshells, your nervous system is in such a volatile position, you don't know when something is going to erupt. So whether it was at that point, not knowing when your parent would erupt, but as an adult, it's when you don't know when your life is going to erupt. So you're always almost living from a place of knives up. But instead, it's when you are feeling safe and secure within yourself, when you are managing your emotions, naturally, you're creating that safe and space, safe and secure environment for your kids. And in addition to that, it's can I allow myself to hold my emotions rather than resist the uncomfortable emotions that come up? So whether it's anger, fear, resentment, shame, guilt, can I give myself permission to really feel into it? But instead, what do we actually do when we feel these uncomfortable emotions? We numb them out. We go to social media and mindlessly scroll. We watch TV. We binge Netflix. We maybe overconsume alcohol. We binge eat. Maybe we do drugs, whatever it is. But when we are resisting these big emotions, we're not, because we can't hold space for ourselves and these emotions, we naturally limit our ability to hold space for our kids' big emotions. And that means we dismiss vulnerable conversations or when they're feeling sad, we instantly shut them down, say, don't worry, it's going to be okay, rather than just give them permission to feel what's coming up. And we also throw statements like be brave so lightheartedly. And it's coming from a, it's coming from a good place, but what you're actually communicating subconsciously is that you're you're not allowed to feel certain emotions. And then that's why as adults, if this doesn't get changed, they will go through their lives not allowing themselves to feel uncomfortable emotions. They will resist parts of them. And that's going to have such a ripple effect on every other area of your life. Because as we've been discussing on this podcast is the res- resisting parts of ourselves, resisting 
emotions and not feeling what's coming up. It's how we actually limit ourselves to experience the kind of abundance that we desire. And so that's something I really, you know, urge you to ask yourself is where am I not allowing myself to feel into certain emotions? And maybe that was something that passed on from your parents. And can I give myself permission to feel it, to ground my nervous system into feeling safe in the midst of the uncomfortable emotions? And also the next time my kids express uncomfortable emotions, can I just validate it? and allow them to feel what's coming up. Not let them sit in it and dwell in it, but just give them those few minutes whereby telling them that it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry, not shut it down or make it seem like it's undesirable, but normalize that all emotions are welcomed, but also all emotions are human. It doesn't, as opposed to judging yourself for feeling a certain way. Even the values you instill in your kids, that is the legacy you're leaving. For them, you know, I just got off a call with my MMA group, and we were talking about the importance of internal alignment. And there's so many ways in which we don't realize we're derailing our alignment. But when we don't actually take the time out to develop a relationship with ourselves and understand what our values are, what do we place importance on? It, that's when we get thrown out of alignment because we're letting external circumstances, external people dictate our behaviors. But instead, when I have a strong moral compass, all my decisions, the way I show up for my world, my life and the people around me is based on that. So for example, one of my values is integrity, doing what I say I'm going to do. And so there's so many ways in which I could act from a place that's so out of integrity. So for example, let's say that I'm meeting a friend and then last minute I bail on her and this becomes a pattern. I can make excuses why I'm not going to meet her because of my life, my schedule, but it's also me acting on integrity because if I've made a plan, I owe it to her to stick to my word. Or if I tell someone I'm going to do them a favor and then last minute I back out, I can justify it all I want, but I'm still acting out of integrity. So who do I say I am? But am I actually following through? But like I said, if I don't take the time out to even carve out my values, I won't know how to act. But now when we take that one step further is when I think of the best version of me and the kind of kid, kids, plural, if that's the case, that I want to raise, what kind of values would I want them to have? And then secondly is, am I in alignment with those values that I expect or would like my kids to have? Because whatever I place a high value on, because my kids are just modeling me, that's who they're going to be as adults. And I like honestly, I think this is, like I said, it's one of the greatest legacies you leave to your kid is a strong moral compass and a strong set of values. And another huge one is working through your triggers so you aren't projecting unreasonable expectations on your kids. And I share this not, not as a way for you to judge yourself or to feel bad, but we do this so unconsciously, but when we can bring in level of self-awareness, we can change this habitual behavior that's been passed around from generation to generation. Is whatever we weren't able to achieve or accomplish or feel regret about or feel frustrated about, we project that onto the next generation as a way to fill to fill our own internal void. So let's say that you never got the chance to go to college. That's why you might overly pressurize your kid to go to the best, best college rather than let them have the space to decide which college actually fits with their desired outcome. And here's the thing is that when I'm able to work through my triggers that need to project and to fill my own voids, I'm not going to use my kids as a means to do so. But instead, it's when I'm avoiding my own triggers because it's uncomfortable and I'm holding my kids to such 
high unreasonable expectations, you know what ends up happening? It's a burden. It's a pressure. And what NFP happens, they don't feel safe and secure. And also it creates this barrier between you and your kid because of the kind of relationship. And in F3, you end up pushing away your kid. And lastly, it's, and this, I think this would, like I said, none of these are in order, but I do think this would be on top of the list if there was an order. It's learning how to love yourself. We can only love others to the extent that we love ourselves. And so when you can love yourself fully and unconditionally, that is how you could open your heart up to loving your kid to depths you would not even imagine. At the end of the day, that's all kids need to thrive is just love. You can give them all the money and yeah, it'll pay for their education, pay for their clothes. But what they really want is love. And it's when I'm not able to fully love and accept myself, I won't be able to, I can love them, but not to the extent that is possible. And also the way we express love to ourselves also determines how we're able to express love to those around us. So for example, I let's say the five love languages, whether it's affirmations, whether it's touch, whether it's gifts, service, quality time, all these are different ways in which we show love. But it's, okay, maybe you show your kids love through words, but it's, okay, can I extend that to quality time, to telling them I love you regularly? And the more I can encompass all these different love languages and really give my kids that Un- un- unconditional love pure love where it's not limited that's how again it's i'm teaching them how loved they are and so when they're adults they're not going to go searching for it in people who take them for granted and settling for relationships whether it's platonic or romantic that don't value them and like I said, we can only love others to the extent that we love ourselves. And so the more I learn to love myself and fully accept myself, I'm going to be so filled up that I'm naturally able to pour more into those around me. Whew, I feel like this was a bit of a deep conversation, but yeah, it's just something that's been coming to mind that you know we all have a moral obligation to leave the world better than we, left, than we found it. And we are all leaving a legacy, whether we like it or not, but with more intention, we can make sure that our legacy has a positive impact on the world around us, including the ones we love. And if this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. I hang out the most on Instagram. My handle is at kushbu.kway. And in the meanwhile, I'm sending you love and all the abundant vibes. Have the most amazing day ahead. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fulfilled podcast. If you have an extra minute, I'd so appreciate if you could head over to iTunes and leave this podcast a five-star review. In doing so, it helps other people receive this message so they can also go to the next level in their wellness journey. I'd love to connect with you. So please let me know what your biggest takeaways are in this episode and tag me on Instagram at kushku.kway in your social media post or DM me to help me serve you better and create more content that you can resonate with. I'll see you next week, but in the meanwhile, I'm sending you so much love and goodbye.